This Table Talk is made possible by Mental Health Matters, a newsletter from TheMighty.com. I'm Ashley, and I'm joined by... I'm Camera, And I'm Sky. And today we're going to talk about self-soothing. So I just want to give a little context of that term. So that's based off of a DBT or dialectical behavioral therapy skill, really meant to de-escalate overwhelming emotions through using your five senses, but also by doing things you would enjoy outside of that emotional overwhelm as well. So there was a mighty article written. It's called 22 Things to Put in Your Self-Soothing Kit. And we thought it would be fun to go through this list and share our experiences with these things that our mighty community has recommended and like why they do or don't work for us. Why don't we do for each, we'll do sky camera and then I'll give my response. So first up, journal and pens. All right. Not a hot take. Love journaling and pens and all things stationary. Now, will I actually end up using them? Sometimes. Yeah, no, I'm a big fan of DBT in general, and I love printing out like DBT and distress tolerance worksheets. So I'll include that in journaling. Helps with distress tolerance. But yeah, pro journaling, A+. First one off the bat, yes and no. I love the idea of journaling, and there are moments when journaling is so good. I highly recommend journaling. Good thing, works for me. But the idea of finding the perfect journal, the perfect page to start on, the perfect pen. If I'm going to journal, I need to have a pen that I like. It can't be a pencil. It can't be the bad pen that I don't like. It has to be a specific one. So if that is going to more stress me out than it is going to soothe me, then no. But if I have everything set in how it's supposed to be, perfect setup, it's all good to go, then yes. I think I agree with you to an extent, camera, where... I do want that, but I also know that in the moment of self-soothing, I'm going to be a little less more less picky than I typically would be. But that being said, I don't like journaling just generally as a person. And I also notice that it helps my anxious thoughts stay because it's seeing them on paper. It's not for me. I went to this artist, this virtual artist talk once, and I had asked a question about panic. And the, the artist was talking about a lot about like his work dealt with death and ghosts and everything like that. And he suggested that when you're in the midst of a panic attack or any other distressing experience to draw your panic. And he said it was a form of exorcism for your thoughts. I don't know. I think that's a really that's a really powerful image. And I hope that next time I have a panic attack, I remember it because so far I keep forgetting to do it. That honestly sounds pretty powerful and honestly probably better than writing out your feelings because I, I do agree, Ashley, like sometimes you get so in the mode that you say something and write it down. You're like, oh boy, that's me. I still feel it. All right, let's go to number two, essential oils. That's a hard no for me. No explanation needed. Can't stand them. I do have a humidifier that uh, my friend gifted to me that's fun to turn on, but I more like it for the lights that it lights up and the idea of the mist coming out. I like the smell of some essential oils, but I can't say that I think to go to essential oils when I need to be calmed. Maybe I should more, but that is not a part of my regiment or something that necessarily soothes me. It's also a hard no for me. On the best of days, I get overwhelmed by scent easily. On the worst of days, that is a nightmare. So no for me. Next up, bubbles disliked bubbles in my early childhood, dislike them now. I think anything that can leave a residue or make you sticky can't stand it. So that would that just increases my anxiety. 
again, not don't have too much of an opinion on bubbles, but the mess and the stickiness of the bubble residue can leave on your hands and such. Nope, not for me. It's cute and fun from afar, but not my vibe, not into the bubble comfort. Yeah, I will play with bubbles with my nephew, but I would never have the thought to play with bubbles in those moments because I'd same thing, the sticky, the the like wet hand, yeah, wet hand specifically, that would get to me. And yeah, to have the absolute opposite effect. Number four, weighted blanket. I've tried weighted blankets in the past. I don't like the feel. I feel like I'm trapped under them. So instead I have this weighted stuffed animal slash heating pad. It's a little manatee. You pop them in the microwave for 45 seconds. Amazing. And so I like the feeling of having that pressure on my shoulders. That's it for me. So I do have a weighted blanket. I didn't use one for a long time, but I got one recently. And I do like it for sleep or for comfort. I feel very secure. I am that kind of person who I like the feeling of being secure and in a tight spot like that when I need just comfort, either whether it's a blanket or a pillow, just like the comforting notions. I like mine. For me, it works and it makes me feel safe. So I'll say yes to that. I think what's really funny is I'm like a huge proponent of weighted blankets, but I would not turn to it in this moment. I sleep with one every single night and I have for probably about six years now. It helps me stay asleep. But if I'm feeling overwhelmed, that would same thing to you, Sky. I would feel trapped versus like when it's just my normal nightly, it is just like a comforting pressure. Weirdly, for how much I love them, I don't think I would go to them in that kind of situation. That is interesting. All right. Notes to self. Even though I was like, yeah, journaling. I don't really, I don't, eh, this isn't for me. I used to be really bad about with my to-do list. I would write sticky notes to myself, but they'd be really mean because I thought I needed to put that pressure on myself to get things done. And so now I'm like nervous to write a note to myself. Sometimes I'll write down book quotes or stuff like that. But yeah, I don't know. I think I need to become a bit kinder to myself before I revisit this one. I think notes to self are very cute and fun. I have some that I've saved from times when friends have written them for me and they're very cute. However, I'm not going to go write myself a note in my time of need that I'm going to need to remember or have one ready for myself. It's going to get lost somewhere. It's just not it's not going to do the effect that it needs to do. I like having them around in general. That's nice. But for a time of self-soothing, I don't think that would be very helpful for me. Anxious Ashley is combative Ashley. And so if I am seeing a note to self that is saying something kind to me, that in the moment I will challenge. This is just not a good one for me to do. <laughs> Fidget toys. Eh, I'll give it a it's fine during a meeting. Like I, I like to crochet during long things or take notes, but yeah, I'm not really a fidget toy person. So I don't have any specific fidget toys, but I would say actually, yes, that it is helpful and kind of needed for me. I have this sense of when I need to be soothed, I have all this energy and ah, I have to get it out in some way. And e either that's Playing with a bracelet, a hat, a pillow, or like feeling the energy and letting that release is actually really helpful for me. So even if it's just having a toy that I have something to just let go of certain synchronicities is so somewhat helpful. It doesn't matter what the necessarily the toy is. I'd say, yeah. I think the only time I've ever used, I've tried using a fidget toy to help de-escalate. And I think I've only tried it when going to the dentist. And it did help in some senses because like when I'm at the dentist, otherwise I would 
I would dig my nails into my hands or my legs because I'm just trying to I'm like clenching because I'm really nervous. And so that that helped with that. But I also don't necessarily think it soothed me. It just redirected it. But I guess that could be a form as well. I mean, I've only tried it for that, so it's hard to say. But maybe. We're not going to get through all 22. We're going to skip around. So number 10, tea. If by tea you mean a nice strong cup of piping hot espresso, then yeah, I'm right there with you. Caffeine? Not always my friend. I mean, for a while in high school, couldn't drink it due to panic attacks. Sometimes you just gotta, you just gotta knock back a really hot cup of coffee to feel better. And that's a good go-to in terms of crowning myself with the scent and the taste. Not surprised at all for me. I am a very big tea drinker. I love tea. So yes, in a time of self-soothing, I will take my favorite. I don't care if it's caffeinated or non-caffeinated. If I have my go-to just tea with honey. It's like a ritual, putting that ritual together for me of boiling the water or having the hot water, seeping the loose leaves into the tea and smelling it. Sometimes I don't even drink it. Sometimes just knowing that the tea is there is helpful. But also the even doesn't matter if it's summer, drinking a warm drink for me, unpopular opinion. I like it. It's comforting. It's nice. And it just, it's not too strong. It's not too, it's just right. It's the Goldilocks of self-soothing. I love tea. Yes. And it's good for you sometimes. Yeah. I really like tea. I'm in the opposite of what Sky had said. I do not want coffee. Please get it away from me. I don't know. I don't. I think having tea as part of a soothing tool implies that you're going to kind of slow down a little bit. Most of the time when I'm overwhelmed, I have like that anxious energy where I need to move or do something that If I sit down, it's just going to sit there and stagnate and build up in my head. So I need to be more active and moving. It's not something I've tried for this purpose, but I also don't think I would because of just I know it would slow me down. Let's go to number seven, ice pack. I love using ice packs, holding an ice cube during a panic attack. This was back when I first started learning or working through dialectical behavioral therapy methodology. Shout out to Marshall Linehan. You done good work. But yeah, for urge surfing, you hold on to an ice cube or you just splash your face with cold water, do anything to kind of, not like a shock to your senses, but to get you out of your own head. I found that in the middle of the night, if I wake up with a panic attack, I go downstairs, grab an ice pack, and I lay back down and put it on my ankles. And for some reason, that really helps. Word of warning, though, if you have Raynaud's phenomenon like yours truly, be cautious. Don't be like me and just let it sit there until your feet turn white. But yeah, big fan. I don't really have an opinion on ice and maybe I should try it more. I feel like I would lean towards the no just because the sensation of ice to my hands feels like it burns or I know you use a towel paper or put the rag around it or get ice packs that are not like that. I think it's nice, but I think in high soothe need for me, I think it would make me actually more anxious because of the feeling of shock. Maybe I should try it differently, but I do think that it might aggravate me a little bit more than help at first, at least. So I, at one point, and I do have to try it again, I did try the, I'm very overwhelmed, let me ice cold water to the face, because sometimes that can literally shock your system into resetting because it's now focused on this very cold thing. And I think that's a DBT-related thing that I learned that through. And it did work that one time that I tried it. I just don't think it's something that I access a lot when that's happening. 
I'm not sure, but the one time I tried ice, it worked. Sky, what is urge surfing? So yeah, it's a DBT, distress tolerance skill. If you feel an urge or like this desire to practice a behavior or habit that you're trying to stop, you do something else like you distract yourself or you engage your senses in a different way and wait out that urge. I've been trying it with the guidance of my therapist to put off different compulsions I have related to my OCD. And you just increase the time little by little. And hopefully with enough practice, you no longer feel that urge. That's the ultimate goal. It's a good kind of when you're in that in-between stage practice. That's really interesting. That's really awesome to hear. You learn something new every day. All right. We didn't get to all 22, but the last one, 17, chewing gum. I have a vendetta against gum currently because I keep partially dislocating my jaw when I try it. Otherwise, I love gum. Having braces for four years was really hard because I was good and didn't chew gum, even though all my friends did. I would love to chew some nice peppermint gum when I need self-soothing, but alas, I cannot use it these days. I'm a hard no on gum. No, I don't like the chewy texture of gum. I don't like that I can't swallow it. My anxiety will get higher knowing that if I do swallow it, it'll take seven years to digest. Like, I'm just going to throw it away. It doesn't decompose that well. And ah, also, it's just gum loses its taste so quick. Not a helpful tool for me. It's more annoying. And I hate, even when I do it, I hate the sound of gum. I hate the chewing of gum. It's probably because my parents would chew gum and I would hate that sound. So it's much more bringing up traumatic gum-chewing memories for me than it is going to calm me. I will say, as a replacement for that is helpful, is mints. I always have a mint on me. Either a mint or a lozenge will calm me more than a piece of gum would. Mint is refreshing, then once it's gone, it's not just still in there. And a lozenge feels like it's like trying to soothe your throat. That That's where I land on that. I liked gum growing up. I don't like it now. I don't really have a reason. So I just, this would be a no, but like I genuinely, I don't have anything against gum. I just don't enjoy it anymore. All right. So now that we've gone through not all of the 22, what tips would you have for people who are looking to maybe figure out what self-soothing looks like for them? For me, I put self-soothing under the umbrella of like depressive episode relapse prevention planning. I took this one seminar on making infographics and I immediately used it to make a deep depression relapse prevention plan full of I have my warning signs, who to contact, medications I need to take, coping mechanisms, interventions. And under the coping mechanisms, I think that's where you would consider the self-soothing technique. So I have a list of things that either distract me or things I can use for urge surfing. Or things I can use for grounding, like the, I like to list serial names in alphabetical order, smell fresh coffee, walk in fresh air. If you don't have a physical box or like a physical self-soothing kit, maybe even just writing down a list and making it look pretty and fun would be a good way to keep track of things that you might not remember in the moment. Yeah, I don't think it's about necessarily having the perfect kit. It is what is going to work for you, as you can see here. There's a lot of things that we have in common that we like and a lot of things that we differ on. So it's going to be what works best for you. I do think acknowledging your triggers or what you go through during times of distress and what works best in taking the time to figure that out for yourself 
for me, I look at the HALT method a little bit, which is the, are you, like, where is this coming from? Are you hungry, angry, tired, lonely? Check in with yourself there because that might also help you see what the soothe you need is because where that distress is coming from. If you can, obviously, not always, you're going to be able to find that out. But if you can, that might help with what you choose. Also, switching your perspective. If you can tell yourself, find something in your room that's red or blue or pick a color and distract yourself. One of my favorite things, I do this usually for people when they're having hiccups, but I think it also works sometimes for panic attacks, is when was the last time you saw a horse? A very random question. It can be it can be anything, but that's the question that I've always heard. Use that question. It'll work for hiccups, and it also usually works for panic attacks to at least switch the way you're breathing and your brain is thinking, at least for a moment. The fun works for you. I bet all of you listeners did not expect you were going to get a tip that solved both panic attacks and hiccups in one go, but there you are. I think the main tip that I have is just be really realistic with yourself about what to include. If going for a hike in nature is something that would self-soothe you, but it's going to take you 45 minutes to drive there, that's not going to be a realistic thing that you can access in the moment you need it. So I would just say be really mindful about the things that you can have on your person or that you can have readily available to you in some way so that in that moment you're not setting yourself up for failure or you're not setting yourself up to not be able to de-escalate because that's what you're basing your self-soothing on. But thank you all for going through this journey with me. I do think it's really interesting how different our experiences are with things like this and how differently these things help us. So If none of these work for you in the community, that's also okay too, because these might not be the right things. If you want more conversations like this, subscribe to Mental Health Matters by going to bit.ly slash mhinbox. That's b-i-t dot l-y slash m-h-i-n-b-o-x. We'll see you in your inbox. Bye. Bye Bye-bye. Bye-bye.